For the 150th time, you're listening to Grid and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley Arpaccia. My name is Emily Fear. Do we have to give our names? Because that sounds kind of like kindergarten. Yeah. I'm me. I'm me. If you don't know who I am, that's on you. Wait, go. I want to know your name, and I want to know your age, and what your parents do, and what your favorite color is, and do you have a kitty cat? It, can okay. I can I hang out with your kitty cat? Um, I, I'm just act, acting like it's kindergarten. If that will get your name from you, I'm Harley R. Paget. <gasps> this whole time. Okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm Jr. I'm Cherry. That's fine. Yeah, what's the Jr. stand for? It's 150 episode. <laughs> Tell our listeners. <laughs> I mean, whatever words that begin with J and R, that means something to you. Oh, it's a CM That's Punk what thing. it stands for. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so um, <laughs> Jughead Reagan Harris. Yes, that's Jaguar's cool. Oh no. Well, that's fine. It's Florida. Yeah, that too. Just repping Harris. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh Jelly Bean Ramirez. Uh, <laughs> Jelly Bean <laughs> Jelly Bean Ramirez, my favorite uh, superhero. Jelly Bean Ramirez. <laughs> well, that's actually <laughs> what I was named after. <laughs> Alright, this is Grid and Glitter. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. As I said, 150 episodes. Look at us. Wow. That's more than talking honor, Em. Oh, way more. Yeah, way good, yeah, more. yeah, good chunk more. Talking honor, I think we were in like the 70s or 80s, maybe. Now we're up to 150, almost three years we've been doing this little show. Yeah, we, didn't even, we didn't even know Chewy when we started. That's right. And we haven't like burned out on this subject either. Like, you know, with Ring of Honor, we burned out and we kept going, making ourselves go. This, we, we still got fuel in the fire. Yeah, women's wrestling, never-ending source of creativity of excitement, of stuff to talk about, but not this week. No, we're not going to talk about women this week. Sorry. Yeah, this is a Tony Khan special. Yes, we're doing this just for you, TK. Let's let's all wrap our arms around each other like big old kids, and um, we're going to talk about uh, the best of the best in a much overlooked demographic: men in wrestling. Who ever talks about? I just. This? I just now found out men wrestle. That's crazy, right? They can do all kinds of things now, men. This is truly the forbidden door of wrestling podcasting, is Grid and Glitter doing an entire episode about men's wrestling. Yeah, but, like, not a joke one. Like, we did we did a joke episode about, like, WWE men's wrestling, like, as an April Fool's. Like, this is actually a serious, like, episode in, in some sense. Like, we are going to be, like, praising and talking about the work of a lot of great men um which is i'm so on it's uh, how do you say, you say that men? men men i just call them not women men it's weird i don't know it doesn't sound right for once an episode where i'm not the only great man in discussion i know although i believe you will probably pop up in discussion <laughs> as a topic uh, best baby face 100 percent. oh my god best heel i've got best baby face and best heel here um, best baby face, Harley R. Project, best heel, JR. And me, 
I'm just hanging out, chilling on the ringside. Future style. All right, so the idea was, hey, 150 episodes, let's do something just a little different, something fun. There are a lot of men wrestlers that we love. Obviously, we, I mean, we t- and we talk about them here and there where we can, right? We talked about PW Vibe, but Cassandra Cup. Obviously, we're talking about Billy Dixon, Darius Carter, people like that. But we wanted, I guess the question that really formed in my head about all this was, who are the men that the women's wrestling fandom especially love? We know the women that our listeners and our teammates love because we do the glitter bombs every December. But who are the men that we're really digging? Hulk Hogan. Sure, I mean, top three, obviously, of, like, greatest in-ring technicians. But besides him, besides Warrior, who else? Vince McMahon. (sighs) He's still got it. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently so, according to our voters. (laughs) I mean, I watch watch a lot of ADW. Like, I watch a lot of AEW, I do. And I watch New Japan. I watch, watch men's wrestling all the time. So there are lots of men I whose work are is great and I appreciate. I just, I, I have had to rethink so much of my mindset going into this episode because I'm not used to like just endlessly focusing on the male wrestling that I'm enjoying. But yeah, like, I mean, sorry, I'm having a hard time like getting my thoughts together on this. They're male wrestlers. Yeah. Like, why is it hard to talk about? Yeah, it was harder than I thought too, but I realized I kind of just, I just watched the same, like, three or four men. <laughs> this is going to be one of these things where, like, as soon as we finish recording the episode, we're going to be like, oh, what? I forgot about I forgot about John. He's great. Oh, my God. How did I leave him out? But luckily... Which John? Exactly. Cena? Elite? Mundo? All of them. Impact? Oh, all, shit. All five of them. So we wanted some help. We reached out to the other members of our team in the Glitterati. We also asked our Patreon, our Patron, I guess Patrons. Pa- our Patrons, not Alberto El Patron, our Patreon supporters. We asked them, we asked the Glitterati to chime in. And we thought, hey, why not use sort of the structure of the Glitter Bombs as jumping off point? Because those are, we've fine-tuned the Glitter Bombs. And so it gives us a nice way of discussing some of the men that we're looking at. Let's look at just the tag teams. Let's look at the heels, the baby faces. Let's look at the commentators and referees. And really kind of break things down that way. So we're not, this, isn't a, this isn't an award show per se. And these aren't rankings necessarily. These are just kind of the top four or five names that came up the most when we asked around about who are the men that are killing it right now. Yeah, and I mean, fortunately for us, we have a listener base and a group of people who are largely focused outside of WWE, so like, and even AEW. So a lot of these names, um, some of these names are people who have high profile in, in a major promotion, but most of these names are like big dogs on the independent, and that's great. It's great to like get to talk about. It's great to get to talk about men's wrestling and independence when we get to focus on men who maybe are carving out. You know, completely new territory in independent pro wrestling. When we're talking about, you know, cis men who are doing interesting things in the world of independent wrestling and not just being really good wrestlers, but also being trailblazers in their own right. So, like, 
you know, credit to the people who, you know, submitted names for this and credit to the people who are mentioned in this because there's a lot of really like phenomenal work that's going on and it's the ring part of it, the in ring part of it is only a portion of why what makes these guys special. All right, let's start things off with Chu's favorite category, best heel. Wait, why has it gotta be my favorite category? You love heels. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> and Diana Parazzo. <laughs> I'm not reopening that door. We're not having that fight today. All right, we got four names at the top of the pile. Let's start with the two at the top. A close sort of number one for the most talked about. A close number two. Chewie, take us away because we know that you probably agree the best heel in wrestling right now is named Darius Carter. Darius goddamn Carter is the best heel. And I think the best wrestler on the planet in totality. I think if you just have somebody who's never seen wrestling and just understands basic tropes and say, yeah, I'm just going to show you this one person for five seconds. Tell me everything you know. And between the packaging and the entrance and the mannerisms and the movements and the trash talking, everything is so tailored specifically to just being a cocky, brash heel that is impossible not to love. And if you don't love Darius Carter, then I don't want to talk to you because he's the best. He's just the best. How can you not hate him and love him because you hate him so much that you love him even more? It's that simple, which it doesn't sound that simple when I hear it back, but it is that simple. It is fairly rare these days for a heel wrestler to commit 100% all the time, everywhere they go, social media, outside the ring, interviews, podcasts, everywhere. That's why I think AEW fans love MJF so much, and Carter falls in that camp where it's just like, I can't picture him backstage smiling and like shaking hands and buddying around with people it's just i don't i can't envision him not being the despicable pos that i see in the ring yeah i i think that he carries himself um both in person and on social media in a way that really sells his persona and there isn't really a break in that kayfabe even when he's civil to somebody it's with the like sheen of like of the arrogance of his character, which is really well done because what I really like about Darius Carter's heel work, especially is that there is subtlety there. You know, it's not just yelling at people and telling them that they're idiots, etc. Like he does versions of that, that fit within his purview, but he also, he has a subtle way of being condescending to his, to the audience. He has a subtle way of, of being like arrogant and full of himself. And he portrays that really well on social media he just he plays his character as a three dimensional heel, which I appreciate because oftentimes at independence, when you see a guy like Scattershot, when you see heel work that is like you're not seeing on a consistent basis, you don't get a sense of like that person as a full character. With Darius, it really only takes one appearance for you to understand who he is portraying. With his feud with Billy Dixon finished, Darius comes out on top. What's next for him? The independent world championship. Oh, That's it. Yeah. That- that's definitely a good target. I was thinking he would have been a perfect fit for the old ROH. He would have slid in there really nicely, but we still don't really know what Ring of Honor is going to look like under Tony Khan's rule, and I think it's going to be more of like a shiny, polished up 
like he he put the mid card title on Samoa Joe, so I feel like there's not room for independent guys <laughs> anymore in ROH. I don't think it'll be. A, I I don't see that being a place that Darius Carter lands. I it's for me. I it's, I don't see an obvious fit for him. Like as far as a promotion goes, I'm not sure who I trust to use him well. Right. I would like, say he could excel if he's used well, but I, I just, it's so hard for me to trust a major promotion when it comes to handling a guy who has the skill set and the abilities that he has. If I had my choice, I would say, I would love to see him in like WXW because his, he seems tailored for European crowds. Like, oh yeah. His influences is very British and very European. And I would just like to see how do we take cocky, brash, American black wrestler drop him in the middle of Europe and just really say, yo, we're still going to do all the Darius Carter things and you just got to deal with it. I just feel like that would just be a powder keg of good stuff to see. Outside of that, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say he's kind of confined to the independent scene, but he might be kind of confined to the independent scene in America, which is unfortunate. I, I think confined is a way to put it. I also think that he is making the most of the opportunities that he um, gets. And I also think that promotions are making the most out of the opportunity to book him because we've seen like, you know, multiple times now, even just in this first half of 2022, that like, you know, wherever he's going, he's excelling. He's picking up titles left and right. He's having like, you know, huge wins and big like landmark tournaments. So you know, he's being done right by the promotions who are working with him. The ones who like who respect him and who uh, trust his talent and want to bring him in. They're they're pushing him in a way that's really that's, you know, really coveted by a lot of wrestlers in his position. Close at the top of the list also is your 2022 Cassandra Cup winner, Killian McMurphy. The God. Killian the God. He's been killing it for like a year, a couple of years now. We've been following his journey. But winning the Cassandra Cup definitely felt like a bump, like, oh, these next six months, watch out. Well, you think it felt more of a bump than winning last year's Super 8? In my circle. Yeah, because I don't really oh, follow ECWA, okay. right? Okay. That's, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, he came on my radar when he won Super 8, and... Ever since then, it's just been like one thing after another with him as far as like making impressions. Uh, what I really enjoy about Killian is that I don't fully understand when he's being even like remotely sincere or out of character. I don't know that we ever really see him out of character. So even when it's so, like everything he puts out there in social media feels like it's authentic to the character he's portraying in Ring even when it's just like bullshit about like Sonic the Hedgehog, that somehow still feels integral to the like fabric of his <laughs> How does that work? Why is that important? I don't, I can't explain it, but it is. Yeah, I remember I told Kevin from PWI one time, I was like, my, you know, I haven't liked a male wrestler in so long, but the first time I saw a shooter was the first Cassandra Cup in the minute. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know who this guy is, but I fucking love him immediately. And it's just because of that. Like, I don't know what's real and what's isn't. And what's real isn't like, yo, is this some kind of word? It's just like, yo, is this really just your personality or are you doing a thing here? Because I feel like you're kind of just me and your personality is also the thing and it just works. 
and I'm not always that interested in the character gimmick of like it's who I am but crank up to 11 but for Killian like if he's starting at 11 like say his authentic self is the 11 version of this gimmick then he's cranking it up to like 25 so that I'm willing to, to get on board with because it really is like a unique blend of obnoxious idiosyncratic and um like resiliently irritating the good thing is his ability to, to in the same match go between comedy and serious mm. like that's very hard to do like if you're usually when you're a comedic wrestler you're kind of just the comedic wrestler but he'll turn the switch in the same match it's like oh okay i forgot you can do that like shooter's amazing shooter is my favorite now wrestler maybe in the last 10 years easily like i freaking love that guy best heel is always a tricky category for me i try to think of it in my head at least as who's somebody where i love the actor but i hate the character because if i despise the person for being the person does that count you know it's like i don't like Matt Riddle, Austin Theory, guys like that because of who they are as individuals. So it doesn't count if they're if I hate them in the ring. That's not heel work. That's just me not liking them. It needs to be somebody where I like them, but I hate the performance. It's really tricky for me to figure this out. Sammy Guevara came a third yeah. in our little thing here. And that's one of those where I'm like... Yeah, maybe I think he's an example. See, I don't even have the words. I hate his character. I think he's obnoxious. I think he's unlikable. I think he's insufferable. And I don't want to discount too much by like I want to give a certain amount of credit credit where I think at least part of it is an act, part of it is intentional, part of it is purposeful from him. But then also what little I know about him outside the ring, it seems like he is pretty obnoxious and unlikable outside of the ring. So maybe this is a dialed up to 11 thing where he's already at a 7 on the obnoxious scale, but then his character becomes 11 once the cameras are on. Hmm. I mean, I will I will say this. Uh, you can have like all kinds of opinions about Sammy Guevara, the wrestler, the, the, um, the human being, but... In 2019, the fourth AEW show ever to happen, the fourth Dynamite ever to happen, was in Pittsburgh. And um, him and the other Inner Circle members were sitting up in a, like, um, like a box seat, seat, like, above us. And I watched this guy, I watched Sammy Guevara for, like, 40 straight minutes eat popcorn in the most obnoxious way imaginable. Whether, whether they knew they were on camera or not, 40 straight minutes of just somehow figuring out how the world's most irritating person would eat popcorn. And it was a masterclass in heel work and it didn't happen anywhere near the ring. So yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's a really good heel. <laughs> I personally hate the guy. So, and I, I guess I'm kind of in your territory, Harley, where for me, I, I, I generally like heels anyway. So the more I like you is based on how much should I hate you? And it's kind of the inverse where him, I just hate him. Like, and I, his, like, first of all, you know, I, I don't really do the whole flippy wrestler thing. That's just me. But 
everything I know about him as whatever he is not in the wrestling ring when he's just the person that we know very through various means. I'm just like, oh, you're just a really sleazy, gross person. I don't want anything to do with. And then because that's work, now we got to lean into that, and it just feels even more sleazy and gross because we got to lean on being sleazy. It's just like it's, it's just too much. It's just it's a lot. So I just stay away from him all all together. He just steps in things too many times. I get the hell out of my life. So I guess that makes him a good heel. Someone tell me about Ricky Shane Page because he's never on the shows I watch. Okay, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. Whoever was about to breathe, you go ahead. It sounds like Emily. Um, I, I, all I know about RSP is that I've seen him in various promotions playing kind of a same variety of, um, like, like a tough heel. Uh, I don't know. I, I, he's one of those guys I have a hard time, um, describing, but whose work I always enjoy seeing, like he's been wrestling for a long time. So he like clearly knows his stuff. He's a long time veteran of the ring. Like he's been, I think he's been wrestling since like 2003 or something. So this is a guy who knows what he's doing. You can always trust him when he's in a match, um, especially in intergender work. He does like a, a good job getting his uh, opponents over. It's just I have a hard time describing his heel style because it's kind of your classic heel. It's just it's a very classic mode. Arrogant, yeah. loud. Uh, yeah. But not in the like not in the I'm better than the crowd. Just more like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to beat you up and not think about it. He's very old fashioned in that sense. I just come from it. Like, I voted for Ricky Shane Page and I just I like his work with Tremont, especially. And I just really like Tremont, which makes me really dislike Ricky Shane Page. But I like how he just leans into being an old school heel where it's not a lot of flash. It's not a lot of sizzle. It's just uh, it's just like when you keep hitting a scab on your elbow on your work desk and it's just enough to irritate the hell out of you. Yeah. But you don't really do anything to stop it. You're just like, ah, I just hit my scab again. Ah, just do it again. God damn it. Can I stop? That's Ricky Shane Page. He's the skin, the burned skin in the back of your mouth. He's just that. It's just an irritant. I'll say this. Like, if you are, Harley, if you're watching any promotions and they're like, they're featuring, especially like Enjoy Wrestling does this all the time. Like, if you're enjoying the Ohio based talent that they, that they, you know, promote that they uh, have on their roster, um, that like up and coming um, Ohio based talent. They're the ones who are learning from Ricky Shane Page. Like RSP is their influence. All right. And honorable mentions in best heel go to the Young Bucks, Shug D and Vince McMahon. Hard to get more, oh, no hard to get more heels than him. <laughs> no love slash hate for MJF from our uh, listeners slash team. But does he have it's I mean, I always figured maybe it was me. Maybe I don't really watch AEW. I don't know. I always thought he was more of like an X Pac situation where I thought people just want him to go away. Do people actually like the character? I, I mean I think people appreciate the heel work. I do think it gets praised. I don't know how people feel individually, like I don't know how, how you friends feel, but like I I I can't argue with some some of the results there. Like there are there is is there repetition? Is there is can it get overdone? Um, does AEW tend to, especially when they've had him in feuds, like tend to like rely on him on the mic a little bit too much and it gets repetitive? Absolutely. But like, dude knows his character and does it well. And um, while there might be limits to that in the um, long run, honestly, I've been watching MJF on the indies and then in AEW and it's still feels like there's room to grow it 
and it hasn't hit a dead end yet. I will say AEW was pretty underrepresented overall here, uh, which surprised me. I thought we were going to get a lot more AEW representation in uh, the people from the people that we spoke to, and not so much. Yeah, I mean, just as just as a reminder to anyone listening to this, like we didn't put this out to the wider world like we didn't put this out to our wider listenership or like we just had like a select people able to vote on this kind of as a way to like get us a curated result so that we could be talking about people like ricky shane page over someone like mjf which that's my fault i'm sorry i brought him up best baby face your x division champion speedball mike bailey Uh, anybody here not love speedball i mean who who doesn't love speedball although i have to say so at the last enjoy show in april there was the match between Speedball and Lee Moriarty, and there were a couple of women behind me who um, weren't super familiar with wrestling, so they didn't know any of the guys. But, like, when Speedball came out, they were like, oh, he's so slimy. Oh, look at that guy. Oh, he's a creep, et cetera. Just, like, looking at at Speedball and, like, making this, like, quick flash judgment of, like, him, him based on, like, I don't know, the fact that he has really white teeth. Like, what? I was he's kind of... Sure. He's kind of got that Southern California karate dojo. Yeah. 1987. They, I can see where you're like, oh, this guy's kind of sleazy. Yeah, I yeah, get they, it. They, they watch the karate kid a lot and they assume he's the heel. They immediately reacted against it. It was very funny to me because I'm like, oh, this guy is such a sweetheart. Yeah, he's so he's so likable. He's a joy to watch in the ring. He's going to be on a lot of match of the year lists at the end of the, the year, I'm sure. That enjoy match, I, you know, I've, I I give Lee Moriarty a lot of shit because I just, I say he's a great wrestler, I just don't get it. But that match with him and Speedball, I think, was probably the best match I've ever seen in person in my entire life. And that's only a year after saying, God damn, that Darius Lockhart and Lee Moriarty match is the best match I've ever seen in my entire life. So take with that what you will. Maybe it's a Lee Moriarty thing, but Speedball is fucking great. Like, and that, to be to call yourself speedball and literally just be a bouncing speedball, like that's that's pretty good. Like that's finally we get a nickname that just makes sense. It's not too thoughty and in your head like cerebral assassin and shit, which means nothing. I'm very close to becoming a weekly impact viewer. Partly because I just I miss watching like a weekly TV show and AEW isn't doing it for me right now. Maybe that'll change in the future. Impact Knockouts Division is so strong that that's a good anchor to pull me in. The reason I haven't gone aboard yet, and we've been talking about Impact now for a year or two, has been that the men's scene on Impact wasn't really doing too much for me. But now that we've got Speedball's X Division champion, Josh Alexander as your babyface world champion, and a couple other guys I quite like on the roster too. Are they also Canadian? Is this what you're doing? Maybe who who are the top Canadian wrestlers in AEW right now? Uh, Kenny Omega's off injured, so what? Jericho and Christian? No thanks. Uh, Ethan Page. Um, Ethan Page doing nothing. Yeah. Mid card, mid card. That's the thing. So like I uh, I'm the inverse to Mr. Harris here. I am a huge babyface person. I need like a strong hero. I need likable people. I want those people I can back and cheer for and like. And Impact's got a lot of them right now. Yeah, they really do. And they also have some top-notch heels, so they really have, like, all of your bases covered. And they deliver it to you in an uneven but always interesting package. 
That's, I mean, that's one of the best, meanest, nicest things you could ever say about Impact Wrestling. But it's true. But it's, it's true. true. You it's can true. watch an episode of Impact. You will probably not be bored, even if there are segments where you're like, this was stupid. And I hated it. <laughs> I, if Impact just didn't have the stink of Impact, people would love Impact. If Impact, if we just took the name AEW for Impact and swapped it, Impact over to AEW, people would be talking about the other one, the way, you know, I'm trying to say. Y'all, y'all are smart to figure that out. <laughs> In addition to Speedball, Mike Bailey, who else made our top rankings for best baby face man? Uh, up near the top was Billy Dixon, but he's retired now, so who cares, right? Wow. Aww. Wow. I seem to, I, Chewy, I seem to recall you saying something to that effect online. I mean, okay. Retired people don't get your votes. I have a history of Billy Dixon to where I, as much as I love Billy Dixon, it's, he's just so baby faced that I can't stand to root for him ever until his retirement match where he, it promptly lost. So it, it came to, it all made sense, but yeah, you know, he's, he's retired. He doesn't really count. It's fine. Rounding out our top five, Effie, Hangman Page and MV Young. And um, what do these what do these five have in common? What makes them like the heroes of 2022? A pluckiness, a refusal to stand down, a uh, kind of an fu factor always with them. Um, maybe not with Mike Bailey so much, but like especially with Billy and Effie, Hangman and MV, there's this great element of their babyface characters that is you know defiantly, defiantly heroic. I'm glad Defi- you said that. Because I was about to say, Effie's kind of a heel, if you think about it. But oh, you just don't often. want to think about it. <laughs> often Effie is a heel. Often. Yeah. People, people yeah. forget that Effie, people forget that, like, Effie came up as a much more of a heel than a face. And now he can kind of play in both realms. He is much more comfortable as a tweener than he is, like, firmly in one camp or the other. Because there is this, there is this, like, aggressively defiant streak in the way that, he wrestles and the, the way he carries his gimmick and it's great like ca- crowds eat it up and people love it and when he's playing more heelish it's fun it's fun to like turn against effie but it's almost impossible to completely ever really stay against him so he's got great babyface energy when he fully embraces it to me he's much more of like a classic tweener example now though because like it's just hard to kind of ever root against him even when he is playing heel but yeah i mean there's no argument about like Billy's abilities as a like heroic figure in wrestling. MV is definitely carved out like a specific niche in the world of independent pro wrestling that like, you know, is his own is like very much his own. And then what they did with the store with hangman pages story would not have worked to the degree that it did if it weren't for the tremendous performance and the ability of hangman Adam page to make that story mean something even more. Um, the way that his character is developed, even in just the way that he kind of earnestly posts online, it all works. Whether or not it's genuine or whether or not it's part of the character, it just does work. And I'm a sucker for a story of somebody who had no self-confidence and then finally got some. <laughs> because, like, you know, I feel like that is a universally relatable thing. And in wrestling, it, it's just a unique way to blow up something that is such a very, like, small and very universal feeling. So wait, did you feel they all have something in common too, Harley? I hadn't thought of it, but they are all to an extent, they play the, 
maybe not the underdog, but they play the marginalized a lot. Like they're all often overlooked by their opponents, the people that they go up against. They're like, you shouldn't be here. You're not like you weren't meant to be in this top spot. You're not meant to be like in this promotion. We don't want to see you here sort of thing. I mean, maybe not so much with Speedball, though he was banned from the country for <laughs> many years, but... Here's the question. When you're saying that, are you saying that from the kayfabe fellow wrestler p- p- perspective or from a fan perspective? Because I can see both, I guess. Because every time I see half of these people, I'm like, I don't know why you're here, but yet you kind of suck me into this and I'm like, I, I say this about MV Young all the time. Like, I'm always like, MV Young's, he's cool and all, but I, I, I can miss this match. And then by the end of the match, I'm like, you know what? I don't know how he does it, but every time he kind of sucks me into this shit. So I don't I don't know if you were doing a kayfabe or real thing there. Something that's like in the back of my head is the idea that none none of them would be like the promoters or the ca- like the casual fans' first choice. They're always going to take their, their, their... They'd much rather have CM Punk than Hangman Page. They'd much rather have some, somebody straight than F or Billy or Envy. But there, like M said, there's that defiance of like, F you, like I want this and I'm going to earn it and you're going to love me. And then we do. Like I could just speak for from how I see Billy interacting with him. Like there's this real connection point between them and us to where to like I think it is that marginalization you're speaking of where we were they reflect us so even when we don't know we're doing that we want to see them win because if they're winning we're winning honorable mentions go to impact world champion Josh Alexander as well as Rocky Romero and Rip Bison wait I'm sorry Rocky Romero where do where the hell did he come from uh, I want to say that's a Valerie Quartz vote. Val always vote Rocky Romero at the top of everything. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, Val- I haven't seen New Japan in a while, but I, okay, cool with that. Valerie's right to do so. Rocky Romero shines even when you don't get to see him all that often. It's been fun to see him and Trent get to reunite and uh, for audiences get to reintroduce to, to Rocky because it's he's easy to sell someone on, you know, obviously like good in the ring but has a ton of charisma and you know doesn't hurt that he's not you know not bad to look at like he's just a very like very easy sell as a baby face and it's always fun to to get audiences uh introductions to him um i'm interested in the fact that josh alexander is now uh, this is how little i pay attention to impact on the regular and how much i probably should be i when i last left josh alexander i thought he was still heel so how long has Josh Alexander been face in Impact? Months and months for sure. Because yeah, I was going to say at least he, a half a year. He now. won the title and then lost it like two minutes later due to like a moose cash in on like their version of Money in the Bank, I think. And then he's been on the uphill battle like since then. There was angle where was angle where like moose showed up at his house in Canada and threatened his wife. And now nah, he just defended against heel Eric Young. He's like, yeah, he's like one of their top baby faces now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. In the category of future star, it was a runaway. There's only one person who really jumped out with more than one vote ahead of the pack. Killian McMurphy. 
No, we said future, not current. Yeah, right. future. Good point. Good point. Good point. Um, I am not familiar with Takashida to the extent that I'm not even sure how to pronounce his name. M? On AEW, they say Takashida. See, there you go. I, don't, I haven't watched AEW in uh, a minute, as kids say. So this is confusing to me. <laughs> Because future star, to me, tends to mean somebody who is, like, in the early days of their career. But uh, Takashida, or Takashida, uh, is not. Has been wrestling since at least 2012 uh, for DDT. Um, has been a, uh, was dubbed the future of DDT, like, in that those early years. Uh, was named Rookie of the Year by Tokyo Sports in 2013. Like, the, the guy has surpass the future star he just is a star and now american audiences get to learn about him which is great congrats to you all but like he is already a star like future ain't ain't nothing about future like he's he's already there like he's held several of ddt's highest um he's held several of their highest belts he's held belts for other promotions he i believe as we record this on sunday uh he will be at pwg today tonight um challenging for the title like he friends nah, don't, yell at, don't yell at the friends because i'm with them i don't what? know this person but this is what i'm going to say shohei otani was a star in japan and around baseball circles like he's been a name i've heard in baseball podcast before he came to the major league baseball however being in major league baseball is what makes him a superstar and i think what future star is saying who is the next superstar that's coming up i think and, that's a legit way to, to read it it's just not i mean i don't see future star uh, it, the category isn't future superstar it's future star and to me it's like th- that is a moniker you give to somebody who was like just starting on the rise but i don't count i don't count coming to another country and like being introduced to american audiences much more prominently i don't count that as the same thing as like debuting well, see, I do, because, like, if an, if an album sells platinum in Australia, well, good for fucking you. But you didn't do it here. Like, we know artists can go platinum in the UK, and that's great for them. But it doesn't really mean the same if the RIA isn't giving you the platinum. Like, I get it. Like, we're, we're a, a Western world. You got to be, if you want to be a star, you got to be a star in the West. Sorry to break it to you. I don't, I don't know. I There's think a lot of people like, read this category as sort of, yeah, breakout star of the year so far. Just to me, this particular pick, like, just feels kind of jingoistic, kind of nationalist, you know, American-centric. Like, it, it's just, I think it's really important that, like, when we when we meet these wrestlers, when we get to see these wrestlers introduced to American crowds, we kind of give our, we, we give them the respect to, like, find out a little bit about them, you know, like find out like how much of a career they've had. And, you know, and maybe that's just me because like, I'm obsessive about these type of things too. So like when I'm introduced to somebody who's from another, who's wrestled primarily in another country, I try to find out what, where they came from before I, you know, make any kind of like guesses as to what their prominence is in America. I just, I don't know. I, th- I think it's completely legit pick as far as rising in prominence in 2022. It's just the words future star and Takeshita like just doesn't it doesn't doesn't feel right. <laughs> like it feels dismissive of his 10 years of work. 
Well, at the same time, Layla Hirsch was a future star winner. She had been wrestling like nine years before we gave her future star. She wasn't wrestling nine years. She was wrestling. Like she she debuted at like fourteen, though. I think she was. I think she's been. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm gonna start looking up her debut. But I, and I get that. But like also, like Layla Hirsch was a. She might have been wrestling for like five, six, seven years, but she wasn't holding major titles for a major company. Like DDT is a world, like a, is a Japanese promotion, but it's known worldwide. I respect that. It's known. I can't tell you who the hell wrestles there, though. <laughs> like, I just know it exists. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Noah. I know it's there. Who's wrestling? I don't know. I mean, fair. Completely fair. Especially since, like, you know, uh, Noah and, you know, at least, you know, DDT, primarily DDT, um, you know, they're not booking, like, a ton of, uh, you know, non-male wrestlers. But, like, but I get you, because I feel like if we had done the future star when uh, no, my mind is going blank um, from Thunder Rock and she came to NXT and did all that shit. Um, goddamn. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I feel like we would have gotten a bunch of people saying, oh, she's a future star. We'd have been sitting here like, um, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I, that's a good point. You have a good that's point. That's exactly how I feel about this. It's like. It, it, it and it happens when when NXT would sign like Io Shirai or Kyrie Sane and people be like, oh my God, this discovery! Oh my God, they're like gonna blow up everywhere! And it's like these are women were like huge in their promotion, is, the major, yeah, think, biggest promotion promotion. Like, come on! This is kind of the way art works. Like, you know, your band is big to you, and then they have a hit on MTV, and now it's like. Yo, best new artist in the grand. It's like, well, wait, wait. I got their first four albums. Like, what are you talking about, best new artist? Like, yeah, it's just so it's just so Western centric that it, I chafe yeah. at it. I can't say that it's wrong, and I can't say that I even like. I love that. I actually do really appreciate that people are getting to see this guy for the first time and get to know how great he is. Um, and all the Cinnabon com, uh, content on top of it has just been such a treat. Um, but it just there's a there's a you know a, a Western. Uh, this to this that I just makes me itchy. Okay, well, also running up that hill were Hook, Killian McMurphy, Titus Alexander, Fancy Ryan Clancy, and Bojack. This, yeah, this reads more like a future star class to me because those last three, I'm not, I've never read those names in my life. What? Uh, <laughs> wait, really? You hadn't, not even like Titus Alexander? I'm no, I'm not familiar. Oh, Harley. I'm telling men's wrestling blind spot for me. <laughs> um, I mean, if I had actually gotten to submit my ballot, which uh, uh, full disclosure, listeners, I did not. Um, Hook was actually one of mine um, because I do think Hook is kind of the epitome of a future star, like in that he had a very like big momentous like debut. He's had a really interesting push so far. They're keeping him in profile. He's like steadily on the rise. He also has a package that like really does like does sell him well. Like he between his um undeniable yet, you know, rookie talent in the ring and the fact that like he is just getting like the best type of hype, the best type of like entrance and good entrance music and all that jazz. Like he um he to me is like what I think of when, when asked about future stars. Cause it's like, he is in the early days of his career. He is being introduced to audiences for the first time. He really, he hasn't established himself elsewhere, 
this is our first, like, this is, you know, this is a guy that you will see in like five years, like blow up. Yeah, I, I feel I, Bojack's a good show. I, I like Bojack. And I don't know how you don't know. It's like, do you have IWTV at all, Harley? Sure, but if the show doesn't have like multiple women's matches on it, I'm not watching. Uh, no, Bo, you, okay. Well, they, I, Frank, Ryan Clancy's a good shout. Bojack's a good clown, shout. Mm-hmm. Hook. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, um, Hook feels yeah. like. Hook feels like an obvious pick, but like that doesn't necessarily make it wrong. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm being a snob here. I'm sorry. No, no, I mean I understand. <laughs> One of the reasons that my ballot never got submitted is because I had such a hard time with filling these out because I was like, this is such a normie, like obvious pick, but like sometimes it, that's okay. Like, sometimes that's an obvious pick for a reason. Well, then now this makes me wonder. Then Hook should have been the runaway winner because I see how people, yo, Hook's a sexy son of a bitch. Like I don't need. Anybody else to tell me that I can look and see myself. Oh, this motherfucker's gonna make a lot of money. It seems like we all should just be like, oh yeah, hook. Where well, I didn't even think about hook, but now that I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what? If I thought about hook, yeah, he probably would have been the first person I thought of. Like it just seems that obvious to where why didn't he win? Because clearly people were watching AEW. I don't know. Maybe they felt like maybe it was like too obvious to them. And he's okay. not featured in the kind of matches Takeshi does being featured in right he, they're still keeping him very like slow 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 build like a future star rather so now we're going back to emily's point <laughs> well you want to talk about obvious winners favorite look or gear effie it's classic at this point it doesn't but, yeah he hasn't changed anything in like has, years no, but that's it's a, that's iconic. A terrible pick. his yeah. hair yeah his hair changed i did not like the blonde at first but it's grown on me i missed the rat tail I miss the, like, mullet blonde rat tail. Um, he has, like, like cut it so that it's, like, much more, like, clean-cut-looking blonde. As clean-cut as, you know, Epi goes. And I I miss the, like, the mullety rat tail, like, shag that he had going on. It looked really good. No. Epi's look has pretty much remained, which I guess a look can be timeless. So once you become a timeless look, I feel like you're kind of out of the favorite look category. You're, like into the emeritus category where ah, so, me, you, so you won't be voting for ed surreal in this category this year in the clear bombs well no because what i do is pick like yo that match there that's the look <laughs> rather than just effie for totality of 2022 so far but like that's different to where ac mac is the best looking wrestler of 2022 because the the, the caution tape pants the multiple belts the flag jacket, the backwards ball cap, the big mouth. Like, yo, that's that's the best look at 2022. Everyone, Effie, I, I get it. We all love Effie. Yeah, but you can't just vote Effie for every goddamn thing, y'all. Come on now. And Deanna Prado. That's kind of what I thought was going to happen. I did think Effie was just going to win every single category. Number two, Alistair Black. As I said, I haven't watched Dynamite in months. Um, what's uh, Black's look like these, the, these days? He's got the squinty like eye, right? Yeah, so he has, like, the foggy, like, squinty eye and the black makeup on the one side. He often comes out with, like, a like something draped over his head, like a black, like, draped over his head. Um, it's pretty straightforward from there. Like, once all the, once, once you remove that stuff, then it's just, like, it's, you know, pair of black, black pants. Um, but it's good. It's a good look. And sometimes he comes out, when he's doing a bigger entrance, he comes out and he has, like, a full set of horns, like antlers. I and mean, it looks really cool in silhouette. 
the makeup is neat and it like it does a good job of being kind of unnerving the more you look at it which is cool like at a quick glance it kind of doesn't resonate and then the more like you're paying attention to it it's it's neat with the contact lens it actually like it um it does make it more and more like uh unnerving as you as you take it in um yeah it's a this is a good, decent pick i mean it, it there's not a lot to the look other than the like part the it's it's a it's a bigger than some of its parts like the individual pieces aren't amazing but when you put it together it ends up looking really cool yeah when you're describing it i'm like i don't hear anything spectacular and i look at the picture I'm like oh shit that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's one of those yeah it's kind of exactly what you would expect but it ends up looking really neat and um the way that they have produced it and staged it in his entrances it just always really works well because the lighting goes into it and like i said especially when he's doing like the full antlers it looks really cool What's the eye makeup about? Oh, it's spooky. Like, did he burn his eye or something? Like, what am I? I think the kayfabe sort of idea is that he's, like, been infected with, like, evil or darkness. And it's, like... It's, like, rotting him. Because, like, the mist yeah, is part of Yeah, tattooing him from the inside out. Yeah, uh, okay. the mist is part of that, too. So the mist, like, rots the people that it... it that's where they went with like when because julia hart in AEW got misted and then like for months there was this like very slow idea that there was going to be something happening with her and then eventually she turned and joined his faction the whole idea is like the mist turned her so it's like coming I, I couldn't remember if he was the one who had his eyeball pulled out or not but i'm like i hope they're not <laughs> hearkening back to that if that's what the case is but okay like <laughs> that helps him <laughs> Rounding at the top four, Eric Royal and Darius Lockhart. The first time I saw the revolutionary Darius Lockhart really, really grabbed me. That was the first time in ages where the where I got like a first look of somebody and went, oh, what is this? Who is this? This is cool. Like who, there's a wrestler version of Gil Scott Heron. There's like a beat poet who like wrestles. What is, I loved it right away. And I think he's, I want to say when I saw him in Joy, he's, recently it was a little different like he strayed away from when i how he looked when i first saw him but still very strong look i'm still a big locker fan yeah i think he has a great look um and it's immediately recognizable for what like what he wants it to to resonate and i think you know just on that note alone it works yeah there's something really special as a black wrestling fan, to just see someone being unapologetically black and no one questions it, and they're, and they're just into it. It's like, it took a while to get here, but I'm happy we got here. So, yeah, like, it's, he's dope as fuck. Like, that was more, I, that's all I can say. Darius Lockhart's dope. His whole getup is dope. And Eric Royal. Okay, who did that? Was this Mayday? I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why? Ah. Uh, I see Eric Royal. I just see a uh, one-man gang when he was doing um, Akeem. Like, that's just how I translate it in my brain. But <laughs> I guess if you like if you like it, yo, I mean, he's fun. If so. you like African dreams. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you like if, – I, 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 it's not for me. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, it's not for me. Honorable mentions go to AC Mack. As you said, Hangman, Adam Page, and Fancy, Ryan Clancy. I'll, I'll, side note, uh, all the voice votes for Ryan Clancy, that's Mayday. <laughs> uh, okay. 
Okay. 100%. I don't I can't say nobody signed their ballots, but I'm going to I'm going to say those are made. Wait, Hangman was on wow. I thought people really like Hangman's get down. Like I He always seems to have cool looks. Yeah, as I said, not a lot of AEW uh, voters. Well, I, I um I was just sad that uh we didn't get the Ashton Star uh, representation in this because I I think he uh just has really great looks all the time. You know that's interesting you brought that up because half time I'm looking I'm like yo that singlet is kind of dope but then other times I'm looking I'm like you know that singlet's kind of holding you back too. So I could go either way on Ashton Star, but oh, I, I think in the entry I'm with it. But every time, every now and again, I'm like, mm, might be too cute by half. Oh, I don't know. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so good. It is cute. <laughs> also, is it is it over like done or obvious to say that like I just think it the bears saying uh, that like Penta always looks amazing and looks so cool. No, like, I think would already understand I, that, but like he looks great. I, if I thought about Alex Abrahante though, I'd have definitely put him in there because. <sighs> He kills that shit. He, he holds me. that whole group together. Love me and, some how days. Oh my yeah. god. Change my vote. I'm putting him number one. <laughs> every year when we do the glitter bombs, we have one category that revolves. So it's a different category every year, something new. And so in that spirit, I thought, hey, what if we do top women's wrestling ally? Who are the men in professional wrestling that are really the biggest advocates and supporters and enablers of women's wrestling. These could be promoters. It could be any sort of behind-the-scenes personnel, commentators, journalists, referees, other wrestlers whatsoever. We wound up with a tie for the top spot, and it goes to Dan Reed, promoter behind Pro Wrestling Eve, and Drew Cordero, promoter behind Beyond Wrestling and WWR+. They tied for first place. Yeah, I I mean, I think that there's fair points to be made for either of these guys. I mean, uh, obviously, Pro Wrestling Eve did not have the easiest time, you know, sticking together from 2020 onwards. And the fact that we can still watch Eve events and that they remain as tremendous as they are with the kind of like pool to talent that they have um, just shows you that there's like dedicated presence behind the scenes, like just making sure that everybody gets um, the notice and the the treatment that they deserve. Um, so a lot of credit to Dan Reed there. And Dan Reed continues to be just like a general gen, genuine champion for uh, wrestling in the UK and women's wrestling in the UK, especially. Um, I, Drew Cordero is a, is a trickier one for me. Like, I guess, I don't know. I know people get picky about Drew, so I don't know a ton of stories about it. And I'm not going to pretend that I have information that I don't have. I will say this. If you want to see up-and-coming talent, if you want to see talent shine of every gender, um, then watching Beyond, watching Wrestling Open, watching the things that um, WWR Plus, like, these are undeniable spots to find the, like, pivotal talent, especially if you're talking, like, North and Southeast regions of this country and the wrestling, the wrestling ecosystem here. So that is where you find the top-tier talent of, of all genders, but even of women. I don't I'm kind of with you on Drew. Like, I know of things. I can't say I know what they are specifically. I just, I just know he's a, there's, there's just, 
a little stickiness with Drew. I but I know that people have animosities. I don't know what they stem from, and I'm sure it's all personal stuff that I don't I don't want to know about. Like, right. I don't think it's been anything specifically publicly heinous. I think it's just some been disputes that people have. The one thing I hold I held against him specifically was, I think WWR Plus is a good product, and when I see the the crowd, it's always like, are you just not promoting these shows enough, or what? That's been my main thing with him. Like, mm, your Beyond shows are packed, but the same women who were on the Beyond shows are now just wrestling each other. Are you saying, well, we don't have to put much emphasis in promoting this as well? Because, like, I, I don't know. That's It just feels different to me. Like, when there's a Beyond show, it's all up and down my Twitter. And that could just be because, you know, wrestling Twitter, much like sport Twitter is, Hey, if men are doing it, it matters. If women are not men are doing it, eh, we'll get to it. We get to it. Yeah. Uh, or Dan, I, I think regrouping from being shut down for so long and last year started off kind of slow. We had some flip flopping with the titles and stuff, but since 2022 on, like each in each Eve show has just picked up steam and they're getting new people in. And they're bringing in people from Japan and they're mixing. It's like back to like 2017, 2018, 2019, where it's just an incredible amount of talent rotating in and out. And every show is just really good. Yeah, I would give the nod to Dan Reed myself, because not only are Pros and Eve producing just quality women's wrestling, but like we like you said, we've spoke to him in the past. He's been on the show. We've read interviews with him. It's genuine, the love of women's wrestling, the love of promoting all this. It's not a cash grab. It's not a marketing this because, like, you know, you know, make me some money or whatever. It's like, no, genuine. Same reason we, we do this podcast, just like a genuine love of the subject matter and wanting to see all these women succeed. And that that puts him at, like, the top of the ally list for me. Dave Prezak also uh, came in in the top five. Shimmer hasn't done anything in a couple of years now, I want to say at least a year and a half, maybe two years. Prezak is booking for MLW now, but I don't hear anything about the MLW women's division. I want to say it's like AEW where they get like one match per show, if that. So Prezak's kind of here, I think, in a sort of, um, you know, a, a career retrospective manner. Yeah, in honor, in honor of all the... All the work. Yeah, I'm doing the hard work for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then our our final our final like top vote was the men behind IWTV. <laughs> Which same thing. We don't know anything about them. I don't. I didn't know if it's two guys, if it's a team of 20 people. I have no idea. Well, hold on. I I voted for our very own Harley Arpaggio because we're doing this, and Harley's. Unfortunately, a classic wimpy baby face. So I feel like Harley needs his name mentioned as well for people out here championing women's wrestling. It might just I mean, be me. Uh, you're going to find no argument from me. Well, then I'll create my own argument. Or Harley doesn't need shit. He gets <laughs> enough credit already. Get him off the list. Somebody give me a bank loan and I'll be the next Drew Cordero. Okay, just give me the startup money. No, oh, Dan Reed. Dan Reed. Dan I don't want to move to England. It's so rainy. You can do it in Canada. It's fine. Oh, okay. Oh, it's so snowy. 
okay. well, but you already yeah. live there. Do it for Canada. Canada clearly needs it, as you were saying. You've got the promotion. Canada that- clearly needs it. Outside of Quebec and maybe Vancouver, women's wrestling struggle up here. Bring it to Toronto. Be the change you want to see in your wrestling scene. Honorable mentions, Mick Foley, Excalibur, Effie, and Eel O'Neill. I'm not sure exactly why all any or all these people were nominated, but I like them all. They all seem like good I mean, dudes. Mick Foley regularly gets shouted out as an ally for women's wrestling because he's such a proponent of it. He often does a lot of uh, great work um, uplifting uh, women's wrestling um, on like online and social media. He writes great stuff about women's wrestling. So that kind of that's my guess. Um, I don't know about Excalibur. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Other than calling matches that he's hired to call, I don't <laughs> commentate. I don't, I don't really know what that would. Maybe, maybe he's got. I don't know. If if you voted for Excalibur, tell us why. <laughs> um, Show your F- work there. Effie, Effie makes sense to me in that he is creating a uh, safe spaces and creating a movement in pro wrestling. Yeah, for, that is and for the big eight brunches, I think maybe for the big eight brunches, um, and that includes you know that. that that is often very much a uh, highlighting space for women's wrestling. So um, I can see that for Effie. And then Eel is just great and a great time. I voted. Good. I voted Eel. He's Mostly a good man. Because he's one, him and Common MK run Flying V. And they focus, mm-hmm. like, their talent pool is, might be half women at this point. Because, like, every time I go to a show, it seems to be split down the middle. And that's that's pretty that, – that seems worthy of a shout-out there. But also, like, just seeing how much he champions for Jordan Blake, which is somebody mm-hmm. I know we champion for. Like, yeah, I think, like, you, you should get a lot of attention for that. Because no one – I don't care who you are – no one is out here trying to tell – the world, the gospel of Jordan Blade, as much as Eo Neal is. So mm. I, I had to give him some love. Outstanding performer in a non-wrestling role goes to your referees, your managers, your valets, your commentary teams, anybody who's performing on the show in front of the cameras and the audience, but not wrestling matches per se. Number one goes to the Minion King himself big dust big dust okay yeah over everybody else so clearly this tells you a lot about the grit and glitter listenership big dust to me is probably one of the three most creative people in independent wrestling i would say and uh i think just everything he's doing with the goons and with erica especially and just just doing the whole birds on film shit like yeah big dust i would Yo, Big Dust can run my company if I ever make one. And I don't care what kind of company it is. I just feel like he'll make it better somehow. Yeah, big love for Big Dust. Second and third went to AEW on-screen performers William Regal and Stokely Hathaway. I have absolutely no feelings about William Regal. Good. Then we can move on and keep a PG rating. If you want uh, my actual full feelings of William Regal, I'll probably just make that a Patreon subscriber content. So you're going to have to give us money in order to uh, hear that. It's not safe for work. Two guys like masterful on the mic make every, any segment better, can do comedy, can do serious, can put over other people, le- left and right, seem like 
Regal for sure. Stokely seems like a really smart dude behind the scenes. And just like WWE hires them and doesn't let them live to their potential and doesn't let them do the thing that they're the best at. And it's baffling. And even AEW, they haven't quite, either of them, had the chance yet to really live up to their full potential. But they're doing better than they were. And in the little bits and pieces that they're being given in the crowded, crowded, crowded AEW landscape, they're making their names known already. And they're showing like, hey, this is us. It's Wing Regal. This is Big Stoke. Let us tell your stories for you because we're going to do a hell of a job doing it. And then Sydney Bacabella. <laughs> was just your vote, JR? This is not my vote. This is, this, this, I was about to ask, this is Mayday vote? <laughs> Who? Yeah, I don't know. This is not my vote. But now I wish it kind of was. <laughs> Honorable mentions go to RJ City. Rich Palladino, and Sean Patrick O'Brien. RJ's really been, I've seen a lot of people loving the interview series he's been doing, Hey, Hate You, with the AEW guys. I think he might be like fully like transitioned away from an in-ring career and just doing this sort of stuff now, because I think this is where his love is. I mean, this makes total sense for RJ City. I, RJ City at one point in time may have been a in-ring wrestler, but he was always a performer. And he now gets to do something that, like, I think is such a – I think one of the reasons people love RJ City, um, especially, like, kind of dorky theater nerd uh, wrestling fans like myself, is that, like, there's a big part of us that would love to be doing what RJ City is doing. It's, like, it's so appealing to, like, get to be adjacent to wrestling and do entertainment within the wrestling world but not have to actually wrestle or be like in ring in any particular way. Um, what he's getting to do is such a rare opportunity in pro wrestling that it's like so fun to see someone really like take it and run with it and get the kind of profile that he's getting. Favorite take team or stable. Because we're talking about men's wrestling this week, we decided that mixed gender teams would be eligible. You know, if there's as long as there's a man wrestling on the team, sure. They're eligible. They qualify for the grip bomb. As a result, the same team that won the Glitter Bombs in December won the Grit Bombs here. Eel O'Neal, Jordan Blade, the kings of the district. That's because they're the best tag team on the independents. Or anywhere. I mean, you could have voted for uh, the Usos. You could have been voting. The Young Bucks made the top five, but kings of the district topped the pile. They're, they're, they're the best. They're, they're the best. <laughs> They're the absolute best. I saw them again last night, so I can confirm. Still the best. Yeah, they're just the best. And I'll tell you what's even greater. I guess because I just because they're local to me, I keep seeing them. So I can see, like, oh, you know what? They were really good in February. But you know what? April? They were really good. And then in June, I'll be saying, you know, they were really good in April. But damn, how are they even better net? Like, they just get better. And I, what, what, what more can you say? They're the best. Outside of FTR. FTR is, uh, FTR is the is, best. I can't believe but, they didn't make the top five FTR. FTR is the best, I think. Like, if I'm going to have to rank them, I'm going to have to say that, like, if I was going to, like, take the tag teams and say, like, these are the best wrestlers, um, FTR is the best. Kings of the District is my favorite. And I think what they're doing is so electric and so fun to watch and just always guaranteed to surprise you in ways that you're not um, you're not prepared for. And it's... I see them live or I see them in matches and I'm like, 
I feel like I know what I'm getting, I'm about to see, and then they give me that plus more. And honestly, you could say that with FTR too. I think it's something just a key with tag teams is that they always can, they have the, they have the capacity to continue to deliver everything that you love while continually bringing you something extra. You could say the same for number two too. A violence is forever. I, I love seeing these guys and I feel like they have such a great chemistry and it's like my, one of my favorite combos of like of power and technician, um, me just like brute force. I think they're, they're great. They're like, they're really fun to watch. They bring something into the ring every time that is just something dynamic and new. Violence is forever. So good because <laughs> like to me, I, 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 I realized that I am legitimately scared of Dominic to where <laughs> I think like, no, that person who I just saw rip those people in the ring apart. That's just who he is. And he might be saying, yo, I'm over here selling t-shirts. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to stay far away from you because you're kind of frightening. And he can make someone like Kevin, who looks just like you just want to hug him and he's so cute. It's like, no, when you're with Dominic, you're kind of scary too. Like both of y'all are fucking terrifying, but they're just so mm-hmm. good. And the, 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 the thing that Kings and FTR and Violence and every tag team can do if they're a really good tag team is you could take them apart and you can see the singles runs in them and whatever, but that doesn't matter because the thing they do so well is just piggyback on what the other one doesn't do well. And it's like, that's what they kind of all do. They just all complement each other where they need to. It, it's, yeah, I don't, and for y'all not taking FTR number one still, ah, I have a lot of words with y'all. Maybe y'all didn't grow up on Southern wrestling. FTR is the best in the world. FTR has been the best in the world for quite a a few years now. I'll let you pick Kings of the District. I'll even let you hear by the But FTR should at least been in the discussion rather than honorable mention. That's absurd. That they're like what <laughs> three-time world tag team champions right now alone. Yeah, get the hell out of here. Number three, the Young Bucks. This did surprise okay, me. I'll admit, stupid. Young Bucks may be the best tag team in the last ten years. I will say that they're very good. And people just, who hate on them don't FTR. understand. I said the last 10 years. FTR is the best team FTR. now, today. No, F- FTR has only been years. doing this, like, seriously a couple of years, maybe four or five years. You're crazy. They were good as the mechanics. Yeah, they were good as the revival. I don't know about the mechanics. Oh, okay, I'm done. Just carry on, Harley. Just but carry I, on. I am shocked. I thought for sure our listenership, our teammates, would have put FTR above the Young Bucks. That was very surprising to me that the Bucks came in third and FTR only did, got honorable mention. Very surprising. Super surprising. Not surprising. Fourth place, Bussy. Again, like we said, Effie just wins every award. <laughs> and then fifth place, the Outfielders. This is a fun one. I'm glad that our like our niche uh, participants in this poll. Because uh, we've, us- we've been giving them that bump, you know. Shay's been on the show. They won once. They won the newly taped game. They made everybody's top five. Mm. The runway cool. will be like runway will probably be like next year. The stars, yeah, star makers. Also, honorable mention goes to the goons. Hey, the goons. The goons should have been right after the three tag teams. They should have been, yeah. Y'all are tripping. And how best business bureau doesn't get a, a, a call out too? Yo, y'all, you voters suck. I'm gonna let y'all know right now. To me, you suck. Y'all don't know wrestling. You're telling. I don't want to talk to any of y'all. <laughs> And that means you, Glitterati, 
I know exactly who the hell I'm talking to. That means the people on this call right now recording this podcast, one of them didn't even submit the ballot. Not going to talk about it. That's fine. But the rest of y'all, y'all are on notice. You don't know wrestling because the goons and best. If you like Eel O'Neal as a tag team there, you should like every variant of Eel O'Neal because it's I'm done. I'm done. I'm getting upset again. And, 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 and Deanna Parasso, newsflash, goddamn baby face. Continue. After <laughs> the year, only one match out of all of men's professional wrestling was nominated by more than one person. Every other ballot, five unique matches, <laughs> different from every other ballot. The one match that multiple people voted for that stood up above everyone else was from Enjoy Renegade. It was the best match Chewie has ever seen in person, ever. Speedball Mike Bailey versus Lee Moriarty. This is a great oh, So good. <laughs> I, I went back and recently rewatched the episode of Enjoy that had the match. Um, I, like, I don't know what was going on in my brain the night that it happened. Maybe I was, like, just too in the like swell of the night to like really take it in. So getting to watch it again, devoid of like having to like, you know, be there in person, devoid of the energy in the room. I was wondering if it wouldn't quite like hit the same way. And it not only did it like, was it impactful, but it was better because it was like fun to like go back and really focus on the match and be like in it in the match sense, not like just in it in the environment. Um, yeah, it's, it's truly spectacular and it's, you can watch it for free. <laughs> You can go on YouTube right now and see this match. It is just, I think it's something like 20 minutes, maybe a little bit less, a little bit longer. And it's just top to bottom, nonstop action. It's fantastic. These guys have incredible chemistry. Two of the best guys working up and coming right now. And you get to see them in this ring deliver just nothing but like a five-star match. Here's a question. If somebody had voted Lee Moriarty as a future star, would you have had a problem with that, Emily? No. Huh. And see, I kind of would have. This is this, okay. It's interesting. Okay. I wouldn't because, um, in my mind, I can understand, and I can understand someone n- not feeling the same way. I could see someone being irked by that, but like in my mind, getting some um, titles in various like independent promotions and getting noticed for your work in various independent promotions and then getting signed is not does not deny you a future star. I think like if he was already working for say impact for several years before he got signed by AEW and he had held like titles in impact and then he gets signed by AEW and then people said he was a future star that would irk me. But I, I like, I'm not immune to the fact that like people only are aware of what they're aware of. Right. And there's so much independence out there. There's so many promotions out there. So there's so many ways that guys can make a name for themselves on an independent circuit. Once they get signed to a major company, Provided they're not like a 20-year veteran of the business, I think Future Star makes a lot of sense. If he had been working for 20 years in the independence and then he got signed, like, like I wouldn't necessarily – like, I'm not – no one's going to call Mercedes Martinez a Future Star. Honorable mentions for match of the year, Speedball versus Cole Radrick from Unsanctioned Pro, Briscoe's FTR at ROH Supercard of Honor, Orange Cassidy, Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door. Joey Janela versus Sawyer Wreck, GCW. Mr. Grimm versus Willa Nightingale at Fight Club Pro. And Billy Dixon, Darius Carter, I Quit at the Cassandra Cup. 
I think uh, male or female, Briscoe's FTR is my favorite match of the year so far. Please show your work on this one. I'm, I'm interested in why. It was a it was a great match. I watched it live as it was happening. I've been following the Briscoes for ten years now through ROH, so I've watched them have a lot of different matches. Uh, watched FTR since literally day one when they first formed together in NXT, and watched them come up and actually get credibility and stuff. And they have that great mix of styles because FTR are more of your sort of classic heart foundation mat technicians with a little bit of oomph behind their throws, whereas the Briscoes are just wild. They just like, they just throw their bodies around and Mark does his redneck Kung Fu and stuff. Like I'm, I was very well acquainted with both teams. I've seen them both wrestle lots of different matches against lots of different people. So I had high expectations and they still met them. And I felt like both teams came out of it looking great, which is all I want from match. I just wanted to put you on the spot because, you know, I, I I have never seen a Briscoe's match and be like, damn, that was great. But I know a lot of people do. And I'm always like, okay, please, by all means. It might just be those people. I'm just like, I just don't get it. But people love them. God bless them. So I, I, I'm more, I'm in the Mr. Grimm, Willow Nightingale camp because two great pounces in one match. What more do you need? Our last category is favorite wrestler. The big one. Let's do reverse. Honorable mentions go to Kelly McMurphy, Tony Deppin, Mr. Grimm, and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, I want to say the only WWE I was about superstar to say. <laughs> mentioned in any category <laughs> by any of our listeners. I think I think that's but about. Was, yeah, go ahead. I'm pretty sure that that's a Valerie Quartz special. Um, Long-time love of Sam. If Zane. I watched WWE still, definitely Sam would be in my top five. I was going to say, if there was anybody in the WWE system as a man who would be more tailored to us, I think it's probably Sami Zayn, so I'm not mad at it. It's insane to me that Sami Zayn still works there. But the top five, top five, your, our favorite male wrestlers going at the moment, fifth place. The king of the district, Eel O'Neill. Michelle? Yeah. Singles, tag. He can do it all. He doesn't disappoint. Like, I just, I always look forward to seeing him wrestle. I see he's come up on the card. I'm like, great. Can't wait. And he's putting on weight, too. Like, he's, he's, he's massive. Well, he's massive for his frame now. But, like, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, oh, he's just so goddamn good. Like, I hate people who are that good and you don't know what else to say besides, they're just that good. Like, Fourth, Effie. What more can we say? <laughs> Who doesn't love Effie, though? Really? Yeah. Like, even this is the thing. He can be nominated for seven out of nine awards. And we'll still be like, yeah, like, no backlash. We're not like, it's not like a John Cena situation where, like, oh, he's being shoved down our throats. We're like, fuck yeah, Effie, great. More. Yeah. Put him on more shows. Let him do more things. I'm all about it. Third, Speedball Mike Bailey, as we said. Just great. Best Canadian wrestler going today. If Kenny Omega heals up and comes back on the shelf, maybe they can settle that and determine who's number one. But right now it's Speedball. Canadian supremacy. Well, it sounds like Josh Alexander would be since he's the actual world champion. But okay, go ahead. I'll let you have it. Keep going. Josh is good, but I, I enjoy Speedball more. Number two. M.V. Young. Wow. 
enjoy enjoy champ fest champ wrestlers lap champ wow. what, what more do you what more can we say right i mean Rivi Young is not just the champion of multiple promotions, but he is building something. Um, imagine the line like Effie, he's building his brand beyond wrestling, uh, beyond his like own wrestling to encompass um, so many other wrestlers and to give them a place to to come and to be and to wrestle and to make themselves known and um, creating a wrestling community in this region. Um, so, of course, I support this because he's bringing something special into this like Rust Belt region of wrestling that I think is very much needed. Um, we need things like enjoy, but we also need like grassroots efforts um, spearheaded by people like MV who are you know, willing to do it on a continual basis, do it on a small basis so that it feels like it's coming up from the community itself. And that is really impactful. And anytime there are wrestlers who are able to do that for the wrestling community, it, it's worth taking notice of. Yeah, I try to I, I like to shit on Pittsburgh a lot, saying being born there and getting the hell out before I was four. But I I do like when wrestlers are from Pittsburgh because it leans back on the tradition of the city. But I like MV returning home. You're like, no, we're going to really hunker down and put some roots here. So good for you, MV. I won't I will never publicly say that because I'm a heel outside of this one time. Continue. And apparently so are all of our listeners and teammates, because <laughs> the number one pick for favorite wrestler, we already said, the the biggest heel in wrestling, the biggest POS around, the biggest a-hole, biggest dirtbag, is your favorite wrestler, Darius Carter. We just, we just love him. We love him. We love to hate him. We love to love him despite the fact that we hate him. We love him. I, I know. I think somebody tried to say that like an hour ago and they might not have said it as succinctly as that but that's what they were going for so just when you hear that now go back 40 minutes and put it into your brain but yeah there is carter again i'm going to say it, just the most complete wrestler i think going today and i am really happy people are starting to come around and be like yo you need to watch darius carter more which means you need to book darius carter more because if darius carter is on your car Something good is going to happen. That's it. That's our show. 2022 is half over. You still got another six months to go. Follow Darius Carter. Follow Speedball Mike Bailey. MV Young. Kings of the District. All the other people that we shouted out here. Your women's wrestling fandom tells you. These are the men that you should be keeping an eye on. They're the ones that you should be watching the rest of this year. Yeah, I mean, if you're brave enough to try the world of men's wrestling, I mean, these are a good place to start. Like, I know it's, you know, it's kind of neat. It's a little homoerotic at times, I'll say. You know, I really think it's rewarding if you try the right stuff. And please follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GricklerPod. And if you want to vote in special secret shows like this one patreon.com slash grit glitter pod one dollar five dollar or ten dollars a month one dollar gets you a weekly newsletter with uh, us bearing our souls for you dear listeners five dollars gets you bonus podcasts emily and val are chatting about the netflix series glow emily and i are tracing the history of women in the wwe from the very beginning ten dollars gets you all of that plus old episodes of the pre 
Grindler podcast Emily and I did called Talking Honor. Every Thursday and Saturday, I post an old episode of Talking Honor from 2018, 2019. Some gems in here, talking about the first ROH New Japan show at Madison Square Garden, the debut of Megan Nielsen as our friend. Lots of gems. Yeah. Yes. And just a reminder that when you subscribe to our Patreon, you're not just giving me, Harley, and JR money so that we can uh, blow it all on uh, T-shirts of our favorite male wrestlers. You're giving it to us so that we can put it right back into the wrestling ecosystem. Um, we have just sponsored at a high level the latest season of Enjoy, which should be coming at you in a couple of weeks. We're really excited to be able to like put that forward and to pay it forward to promotions that are doing the work that we love and that we know that you love. So when you give us your five or ten or one dollar a month, you're helping us do that. So thank you. And please continue doing it. And also, we never say this, but take a second if you are listening to this podcast if you, do, if you do nothing else for us, please take a second to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. It helps our numbers. It helps more people find us. And it helps us reach more people to potentially share with them the wrestling that you enjoy. So help us put it forward and uh, take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. Next week, I promise we'll be back to talking about women's professional wrestling, episode oh, 151. Bring on the chicks. That's what I say. Ugh. Oh, Again you. with the fucking women? Oh, I can't. I can't deal with that anymore of this, like, ridiculous, like, men. Men. No, 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 no. If we're not talking Killian McMurphy, I'm not, I don't want to be a part of the show anymore. I'm sorry. As long as he's coming, I mean, if he comes packaged with a lady or, like, a non-cis dude, we'll talk about have, it. I mean, have you met Killian McMurphy? He, he has an entourage. He travels. That's true. Okay. Then I might come back. But you should give us money because I need killing McMurphy t shirts. So forget all that shit about sponsorship. It's sponsorship.